It is a Thursday. Time for us to begin our midday program here on KRVN. Thank you so much for joining us here on a nice, sunny sort of Thursday. Scott Foster in here with you, as well as Bob Brogan and Jason Jorgensen. Susan Littlefield all in here to get you the information that you need. And grab that for you real quick, Jason. Here is, uh, let's check in with Susan and see what's going on with her. Good morning. Well, thanks, Scott. Here's what's happening on the midday from the farm team. We'll kick it all off with Alex as we continue looking at the pillars of the angler journey. Then at 1245, Bobby Chris Wickham joins me with the Farm Service Agency as we talk about WIP Plus and what producers need to know as they continue to file that paperwork. And then I'll wrap it all up at 117 with Brett Grauerholz. He will be talking a wheat update as to what we're seeing as those combines are starting to roll into southern Kansas. That's the midday from the farm team. All right. Thank you very much, Susan. We'll turn it over to Jason Jorgensen now in sports. Good to hear Shrine Bowl's on. It is. Uh, they're going to try to play that on July 11th. Also, it's good to see that the voluntary workouts are going okay in Lincoln for the Huskers. Uh, Scott Frost was on Sports Nightly last night, touched on a lot of different subjects, and get his thoughts on, on how it's going. Uh, so far, so good. And he says, for the most part, the guys came in and pretty decent shape did he have much to say about spielman he did a little bit and uh, they wish him the best of luck that's the best way to sum that up <laughs> code okay got it got it very good well hopefully there's some guys in that uh in that receiving room that can uh... yeah they're going to need some guys to, to step up and replace uh replace the production they've had from jd spielman the last three years that's for sure also we'll talk about the uh, nhl most of the major pro sports leagues are moving forward, other than Major League Baseball. But hockey has a plan, and uh, their plan would be later on uh, next month, they would play most of the games at two different locations hmm. and try to finish up the regular season and then have some kind of playoff. And there was there was NASCAR last night, too, was wasn't again, there? Yep, Martin Truex Jr. won. Hmm. So it's been things, a while. Things yeah. are starting to just slowly inch in in the right direction. You just you just wonder if if someone pops up and they do come down uh with covid how that will be handled and if that stalls or put the brakes on anything with everyone trying to move to a, a back to normalcy. Well, you wonder about the NBA where everybody's going to be in the one uh, complex yeah. and if somebody gets it then what happens? Mm-hmm. Do they just or you know if you're a broadcaster, you know, that's if uh, I don't know. It'll be interesting. Everything's new right now. That is, that's for sure. Absolutely. All right. Thank you, Jason. I appreciate it. Let's turn it over to Bob Brogan. And the stocks are down decisively here today, almost uh, oh, 1,300 points on the Dow Jones. Sharply lower in morning trading. Uh, investors are uh, having the jitters once again in the face of rising numbers of coronavirus infections in the U.S. and uh, also in other countries. Uh, the S&P at 500 was down 2.5% in the early going, extending some of its losses into a third straight day. Also, uh, 1.5 million laid-off workers applied for U.S. unemployment benefits last week, uh, indicating that uh, a lot of Americans are still losing their jobs. And a U.S. company says it's on track to begin a huge study next month to determine whether its COVID-19 vaccine really works, and uh, I'd like to be the first in line to take that if they'd like to take me up on that. Well, I'm sure they'll give you a call. That's all coming up on... 
It's time for us to take a look at our weather and how it's affecting agriculture for us and around the world. Paul Perkins in here. And Paul, not only is there sunshine across the state of Nebraska, you got to zoom out a wise. <laughs> Yeah, uh, to find any kind of clouds. I mean, the uh, gosh, pretty much the whole middle of the country is pretty sunny today. Exactly. You know, pretty much. Yeah, you look at that map, Idaho to Michigan, pretty much cloud free across the That's region crazy. right now. Yeah, crazy, crazy, very, very quiet weather. <laughs> it is it's going to be very quiet over the next few days, uh, next couple of weeks probably here, as we head into kind of a warmer and drier period. Yesterday we were. Kind of seeing some concerns loom large in the long-term forecast. Doesn't look like that will be looming mm. as large. So maybe just a week to week and a half of some really above normal temperatures across our area. All right. Very good. What do you got for us? Right now we do have temperatures in the upper 70s to low 80s for most of us across the area. We do have some upper 60s to low 70s, though, from west central Nebraska around the Ogallala and North Platte area on into the Nebraska Panhandle, but once again, most of us upper 70s to low 80s, a pretty quiet, severe weather threat today. Maybe some thunderstorms firing along a, um, a front into central and eastern areas of Kansas into the southwest corner, but otherwise a very quiet uh, weather pattern. High pressure overhead for today, giving us some sunny and warmer weather, slightly above normal temperatures returning for today after a slightly cooler than normal day yesterday. Our winds this afternoon will be light and northerly in behind the passage of a trough of low pressure. Now, lows tonight expected to be seasonal, but still fairly low humidity and some clear skies. Still fairly comfortable tonight with those lows uh, into the 50s and the dew points into the low 50s. Dry weather and a continued warming trend, though, on the way for tomorrow through the middle of next week with a ridge of high pressure that continues to build across the plains. Temperatures tomorrow and Saturday, about 10 degrees above average. Then we'll be about 15 degrees warmer than normal for Sunday through the midweek. Fire danger going to be a concern by Sunday in some drier areas that didn't get as much rain with this last system, especially with some warmer temperatures and some breezy winds that kick in. Thunderstorm chances will remain up and away from our region with this dome of high pressure. A small chance of thunderstorms may be returning in the forecast by late next week when that ridge starts to flatten. When compared to yesterday, the concerns for drought not new, looming as large in our latest <clears throat> excuse me, in our latest long-term forecast. Nebraska and Kansas temperatures still expected to be warmer than normal for the entire time of Tuesday through June twenty fourth, though it doesn't look as warm as previously expected on those later days by June twenty fourth. The long-term forecast, the middle of next week, still keeping Nebraska and Kansas with below normal rainfall. The outlook now predicts near normal to slightly above normal rainfall by next weekend through June 24th. In the latest regional drop monitor, it does consider data and moisture data through this last Tuesday morning at 7. So those rains from Tuesday and Tuesday evening not considered. Nebraska continues to be 87% drought-free. Abnormal dryness remains along the Nebraska-Kansas border from the southwest corner of Nebraska to Beatrice. It's also abnormally dry right around the Omaha area and the far corners of the northwest and northeast. Dryness coverage is expanding in Kansas, where the state dropped 12 percentage points to 38% drought-free. Central and northwest Kansas abnormally dry right now. Much of western and central Kansas, along and south of I-70, Goodland to Russell, in moderate to severe drought. Most of the southwest corner of Kansas remains in stage 3 extreme drought. 
Key weather factors driving the markets include drier and warmer weather for the central U.S. and a continuation of hot and dry conditions in crop areas for the Black Sea region. The Midwest will be very warm and drier the next 10 days after moderate to heavy rain. The last couple of days brought additional soil moisture. The northern plains will see favorable growing conditions this next few days. Heat will return ahead of a new rain system coming this weekend. Additional moderate rain will help emerging to developing crops across the northern plains. And periods of rain may also continue in the northern plains through next week. The southern plains will have hot and dry weather in the next 10 days to 2 weeks. A forecast that favors the ripening and harvest of wheat. But on the other hand, irrigation demand will be high for row crops in the southern plains. A heat wave in Russia and Ukraine seven days from now will be stressful to crops, especially from south Russia through the Volga Valley and farther east in the Kazakhstan. Well, it sounds like you're going to have to come up with something to talk about over the yeah. next few days. Uh, sunny and warm, dry, yes. Uh, nothing too much coming up in our weather forecast for rain chances. Maybe some chances by the end of next week. But if you got some rain this last couple of days, uh, consider yourself lucky. Yeah. I, I hate I hate that we're putting the D word back in there a little bit again, huh? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah Kansas, that drought coverage continuing to expand Nebraska for the time being, kind of holding steady, okay. just some abnormal dryness along the Kansas border. But, yeah, Kansas drought coverage continuing to expand. I wish we could have stored all that water from last year. Just yeah. <laughs> somewhere. Where are to, those floodwaters? Oh, uh, my goodness. All right. Well, thank you very much, Paul. I appreciate it. Where do you go to check in on your weather? WeatherTap, krvn.com. During the month of June, we're going to go cruising with biofuels. Hi, this is Susan Littlefield. Along with Alex Wachowski, we're going to be bringing you updates and information on the biofuels industry. Tuesdays at 1245, I'll be talking ethanol. Wednesdays at 1245, Alex is talking biodiesel. All this is brought by the Nebraska Soybean Board and the Nebraska Corn Board. So make sure to tune in during the month of June for Cruising with Biofuels on the Rural Radio Network. The Angler Entrepreneurship Journey, celebrating success, embracing failure, and inspiring the entrepreneur inside of you. Building is really about that capacity to create something from the mere essence of an idea. Thanks so much for joining. This week, we're learning more about BUILD. BUILD is one of the six pillars of the Angler program, and program director Tom Field explains why it was chosen as an Angler pillar. Well, BUILD is a powerful force deep inside the human condition. Um, I think we are, by our nature, perhaps driven to create things, to build, to grow, to develop, to find new paths. And building is really about that capacity to create something from the mere essence of an idea, to make it tangible, to go through the really difficult, hard, challenging labor of delivering an idea through the process of prototyping, market testing, all of the challenges of creating structure, putting processes and people and relationships together to create that new business. It's hard work. And Tom says building begins at a young age. We see it in all kinds of people. Watch small children. When we give build exercises, opportunities to to create something out of something like straws of spaghetti and, and marshmallows, kindergartners and first graders will build remarkable structures 
that when you look at them, you're like, how did they even know how to do that? It's because build is a deep part of our DNA. Within the Angler program, Tom says there are countless examples of build. Well, we watch build at play every day in the Angler program. But I would also tell you, we watch build at play in every community, in every school, in every family across the state. Um, Grant Sudarth, who has worked unbelievably hard to bring a new technology, a software concept into fruition, has worked from the time he was a sophomore in college and now is an alum to build this company, Terrace Ag, and create solutions that generate real value for the appraisal industry and for land valuation um, in, in the state. Watching Travis Chrisman build his capacity as a carpenter into a, a wonderful uh, woodworking business. And there are just so many more examples. And, and we see it from our freshman students all the way through the program as ideas come out and this capacity to build something, to create an idea. Uh, and, and when you give people that, that permission, it is amazing what happens. And ultimately, Tom says the pillar build is about more than building businesses. Build is a process. Uh, and I think it's important for us to think about not only building companies, building better products, better processes, better services, but also building better people building stronger, better, more engaged staff, better, stronger, more engaged customers. Because if we look, if we look at build as a systemic approach, a systems-wide concept to be applied in every phase of American life, we will, in fact, reinvigorate the American dream and reinvigorate what it means to live, work, and play in a unified republic. You can learn more about the Angler Agribusiness Entrepreneurship Program at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln by visiting angler.unl.edu. Thanks so much for joining. Until next time, I'm Alex Wojcicki on the Rural Radio Network. Time for Midday Sports. Jason Jorgensen is joining us. And Jason, we have some live sports today. We have golf, other sports in action, and uh, players starting to report at college campuses for football in particular. Yeah, voluntary workouts going on, not at all campuses across the country, but Nebraska's fortunate enough. They've worked their way into their second week of voluntary workouts. Head football coach Scott Frost was on Sports Nightly last night, and he feels overall Nebraska had a good plan in place for welcoming those players back. Right when this started, we, we had to facilitate some kids that were coming back to Lincoln anyway, so we started to roll out a plan in, in conjunction with uh, some experts on uh, the virus of how to reintegrate our kids into the community and do it in the safest way possible for them and the Lincoln community and the state of Nebraska as well. So th- this process has been going on for us for a long time. Frost added last night that he feels those volunteer workouts have gone well and that most of the players have shown up and been in pretty good shape. Sarah Yoakum of Kozad was one of 13 Nebraska softball student-athletes who were recognized as academic All-Big Ten honorees yesterday. This spring, the junior from Kozad played in 14 games for the Huskers with nine starts at shortstop before the season was stopped due to the coronavirus outbreak. You and I both covered her in yeah, softball yeah. games Kozad. That's, that's pretty cool. It was always fun to relive some of those memories. I remember just as state, state softball, having some terrific games there for the Haymakers, and it's always fun to see them thrive after high school. 
And she's done a nice job with the Big Red, and hopefully next year mm-hmm. she will get to play a complete senior season. Major League Baseball's amateur draft started with the first of a pandemic shortened five rounds. Arizona State slugger Spencer Torkelson was taken number one overall by the Tigers. The Royals went with Texas A&M lefty Asa Lacey. Mm. Remember mm. that name. Maybe. <laughs> Hopefully he'll pan out. But I don't blame the Royals for it. You know, it's, it's, it's so crazy. The MLB draft, unlike other drafts, unlike other sports, it'll take them five years before the number one pick or your first round picks even see Major League Baseball action. So it, they take a lot of work. And you really have to grind out in the minors for quite some time. Although there was a stretch then when it it didn't even wasn't even five years for the Royals. They draft a guy number one, and you never hear he never make an Omaha. So that's let, let's hope that's not the case right. with Mr. Lacey. NHL training camps will open July 10th if the league and players union can agree to reach a, on a resumption before the season starts. Setting this date gives the 17 percent of players overseas time to make arrangements to. Try to get back. Camps are expected to run two to three weeks with games taking place in two hub cities without fans. And Tyler, you mentioned uh, the PGA Tour. It's it's off and going again. The Colonial is going on down in Texas. Last I looked, uh, Justin Rose was seven under through a 17. Watching it here as uh, the day has gone on, it's been interesting. No fans, obviously, and they had good news that all the caddies and golfers came back negative uh, from testing of COVID-19. So positive news there. Real great start, and hopefully they can continue that throughout the weekend. All right. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. This is Greg Sharp coming up tonight on Sports Sportsani. We'll have our Flicks Picks of the Week. Chat with Teddy Greenstein of the Chicago Tribune and test out this week's 7 on 7. All that coming your way tonight here on Sports Sportsani. Listen tonight on the longest-running Husker affiliate, 880-KRVN. The Lexington School Board met on Monday, June 8th and had several technology approvals during the meeting. In addition to 100 personal hotspots for internet access, the board approved 1,100 new iPads for use by students. Superintendent of Lexington Public Schools John Hawkinson has more. Our board purchased those iPads for elementary use in the event that we go into a shutdown if coronavirus were to come back in the fall and we would would not be able to operate we would have the flexibility of going to remote learning hawkinson added that these additions will also aid in getting the school district closer to a one-to-one ratio of students to technology other approved agenda items were the hiring of new staff and of the updated academic calendar A sheriff's department in southeastern Nebraska says it has seized nearly $2 million in cash found in a pickup truck that was pulled over on a suspicion of a minor traffic violation. Seward County Sheriff Mike Vann stopped the truck, which had Ohio plates Wednesday morning on Interstate 80 near Seward, for failing to signal a lane change. A search of the truck turned up $1.9 million in cash in a duffel bag in the back of the truck. The driver, a 42-year-old man from Toledo, was arrested on suspicion of currency violations and money laundering. Local officials said federal charges are pending. Cabins will be reopening at Nebraska State Park and Rec areas next week. Game and Park's Greg Wagner. Just announced that uh, beginning June 18th, that's a week from this Thursday, Thursday, June 18th, limited, we underline limited, opening of cabins and overnight lodging facilities in the Nebraska State Park System. 
The simplest thing I can tell folks to do is contact your individual state park of your preference for more information. Wagner says people can make reservations about a month out by going to the reservation section at their website, OutdoorNebraska.org, or by calling the Parks Reservation Desk in Lincoln. The Nebraska State Fair Board meets on Friday morning in Grand Island. The meeting agenda includes reports from the COVID-19 Working Group and various committees. The board is also scheduled to enter executive sessions to discuss legal counsel's report on their forensic accounting investigation. The State Fair's financing has been under scrutiny since last year's State Fair. And an 11th resident at a West Omaha nursing home that's been ravaged by the new coronavirus has died of the virus. The Life Care Center of Elkhorn in Omaha said its latest death occurred on Monday. So far, 69 residents and 30 workers at the center have tested positive for COVID-19. The facility has been battling an outbreak of the virus since April. Reporting for the Rural Radio Network, I'm Austin Jacobson. County FSA offices are continuing to accept applications for WIP+. Good afternoon. I'm Susan Littlefield on the Rural Radio Network. I spoke with Bobby Chris Wickham. Bobby is with the Farm Service Agency based in Lincoln. She's their public affairs and outreach coordinator. We talked about WIP Plus and what is involved for our producers. WIP Plus is an ad hoc disaster program. It was implemented last year in response to the, the difficult and challenging weather we had. Um, you know, and particularly with the flooding in the spring and even the flooding we had during the summer, um, this program could be applicable to, to producers. You know, if, if you had losses of crops, trees, bushes, or vines, and you're in a county that had a presidential disaster declaration or a USDA secretarial designation, um, in, in, in 2019, we had like 84 counties that maybe would fit under those categories, uh, you could potentially um, be eligible for this program. Um, the disaster events that are covered are floods, tornadoes, snowstorms, and wildfires. And as I said, they added excessive moisture as a qualifying disaster event late in the year um, in 2019. And so as that category opened up, we did have and do have more folks calling into our offices to inquire about um this program related to their 2019 crop losses. So again, what what crops are eligible for WIT Plus? Yeah, um, you know, generally speaking, eligible crops are those that um, for which federal crop insurance is available um, and or which are also able to be covered under our non-insured crop disaster assistance program. So between those two categories, it can be a large majority of, of our Nebraska crops. Um, the only thing I would note is that crops intended for grazing are excluded from the program. So, um, and then there's also a possibility of assistance, WIP plus assistance for prevented plant acres of 2019 crops, as long as those prevent plant acres um, had a final plant date prior to January 1, 2019. So, a reference here would be maybe winter wheat that was prevent plant in the winter of 2018 for 2019 production. So again, broad, pretty broad eligibility on the crop side. There's so much information that's out there about WIP Plus and, and to be able to, to get the paperwork done, going online, getting yourself qualified, talking to your county office. What is some advice that you might have for producers as they wonder, do I qualify? How do I go about getting this all done? 
Right. Yeah, if you've had crop losses due to extreme severe weather in 2019, and again, looking at flooding and even the excess moisture associated with all the rain we had, you know, and you're interested in learning more, you really just do need to inquire at your county office. It is somewhat of a complex program, and there's qu- there's quite a bit to the payment formula associated with this program. So offices can, can walk you through that application process a little bit and and sit down and you almost need to, you know, plug that information into an application to really understand how payments might come out because um, it looks at insurance coverage levels and, you know, how your units of um, your field units or your parcels of land are divided up. So there's a lot to it. Um, and then the other point in all this for folks to consider is that all producers who receive payments for crop losses or prevented planning through the WIP Plus program, they're required to purchase um, two years of crop insurance or NAP coverage for the following two years after a payment um, at a 60% or greater coverage level. And so that's an important qualifier for folks to be aware of and think about as they inquire about this program. Is there a deadline? Right now, an application deadline has not been set. Um, you know, I think partially because that excessive moisture was added in as a category for disaster losses under this program, you know, late in the year and beginning of this year for those 2019 losses. So my point is, there is no application deadline yet. And so folks have some time to get in and, and inquire at their county office. Um, the only other qualifier I'd add to that is, remember, there's a lot going on at our offices <laughs> right now. So so please try to be patient with, with our offices as they work through all these things. Definitely one of the ongoing things is spring acreage reporting, and that mm-hmm. has been happening amongst everything else that your staff has been doing. Right. Uh, you know, spring crop acreage certification happens every year. It's it's a requirement to maintain eligibility for farm program assistance, so it's it's important for producers to complete it. And, um, you know, we're in the middle of that as well, and so... Um, the deadline isn't until July 15th to get your spring acreage certification done. But, you know, as we talked about, there's a lot going on. And so we want to keep producers moving ahead with this process. And just ask that as you get done with your planning, and I think, you know, most folks are at that point or near that point, that you would, you know, work with your FSA office using the process they've outlined for for spring acreage reporting and, and get that done as soon as you can after you're done planting. Bobby also wanted to remind producers that when you call the office to inquire about WIP Plus, it would be helpful if you can prepare to identify the disaster event that caused the losses and the of the event, what crops on the farm were impacted and field locations. Conversation with Bobby Queerswickham. I'm Susan Littlefield on the Rural Radio Network. Time for the midday business report, and Bob Brogan is in as usual. And Bob, it seems like with this possible second wave of coronavirus and with the surge of those new cases, is that kind of scaring things uh, and scaring the business world? It seems that way. It seems like people are uh, just kind of a little nervous and, you know, wondering whether there's going to be another wave uh, later on this year. I guess uh, Hmm. time will tell on that. Uh, stock sharply lower in morning trading on Wall Street 
as investors turn jittery once again in the face of rising numbers of coronavirus infections in many U.S. states and other countries. The S&P 500 down 2.5% in the early going, extending its losses into a third straight day. The benchmark index now on track for its first weekly drop in four weeks. Meanwhile, energy stocks, the biggest losers, as crude oil prices fell sharply. Bond yields fell and the price of gold surged as worried investors shifted money into the traditional safe haven assets. About 1.5 million laid-off workers applied for U.S. unemployment benefits last week, and that was evidence that many Americans are still losing their jobs, even as the economy appears to be slowly recovering with more businesses partially reopening. The latest figure from the Labor Department marks the 10th straight week decline in applications for jobless aid since they peaked in mid-March when the coronavirus hit hard. U.S. wholesale prices rose four-tenths of a percent in May, led by gains in the cost of food and energy. The Labor Department saying its producer price index, which measures inflation pressures before they reach the consumer, showed an increase after three straight months of declines. A U.S. company says it's on track to begin a huge study next month to determine whether its COVID-19 vaccine candidate really works. Moderna Incorporated is developing the the experimental shot with the National Institutes of Health, and it's uh, still wrapping up necessary earlier stage testing. The company says it plans to test the vaccine next month using 30,000 volunteers, some given the real shot and some a dummy shot. Tyson Foods shares are down after the company said it's cooperating with a federal investigation into price fixing in the chicken industry. That's a check of the business news. I'm Bob Brogan. Thank you very much, Bob. Here's your on this date update for June 11th. Thomas Jefferson, John Adams, Benjamin Franklin, and two others were appointed today in 1776 to prepare a new Declaration of Independence for the 13 colonies. On this date in 1949, country superstar Hank Williams first performed at the Grand Old Opry. And... The first Jurassic Park movie opened today in 1993. Born on this date, actor Gene Wilder, the great NFL coach Vince Lombardi, and... Richard Strauss, whose works included one that would become the theme from 2001 A Space Odyssey. I'm Mitch Davis and that's your On This Date Update. KRVN, The River, and Cami are blazing new trails this summer with a brand new 2020 Chevy Blazer that you could win this fall. There's multiple ways you can enter to win. Join us at summer events or visit participating businesses to put your name in the box. And new this year, you can register at krvn.com. Sponsors include Eustace Body Shop, Eustace, Cozad, Lexington, Kearney, Grand Island, and Lincoln. Suretop Angus and Charlay, Farnham, Nebraska Land, Kansas Land, Colorado Land Tire Group, and Central Valley Irrigation, Holdridge, Lexington, and Kearney.
Visit Central Valley Irrigation Holdridge, Cornerstone Bank in Hildreth, Stromsburg, and Bradshaw, and Nebraska Land Tire Center McCook to register to win a 2020 Chevy Blazer from Nebraska Rural Radio. Wheat harvest hitting the southern tip of Kansas. Good afternoon. I'm Susan Littlefield on the Rural Radio Network. Brett Grauerholz is with Polanski Seed as he and I talked about what we're seeing in this year's wheat harvest. The numbers are still kind of all over the board, depending on where you got rain, didn't get rain, freeze damage, that kind of stuff. But we're starting to get more of a trend into that 40 to 60 bushel an acre. Normal proteins, normal test weights. There are some low test weights, high proteins, low proteins, but we're, we're starting to average out uh, about where we kind of thought we would, um, where the combines are now. I like the comment you use about the, this crop really using its nine lives. If it could have happened to this wheat crop this year, it has definitely hit them. Yeah, they say um, wheat has nine lives. I think we used about 30 of them this year, um, but it's, it's coming out and it's shocking us. As we walk fields here in northern Kansas, southern Nebraska, to western, northwest Kansas, the yield potential is there. It's looking really good. Um, I know some irrigated fields in Nebraska, we've personally went and looked at. 70 to 80 bushel an acre wheat is, not, is very attainable this year. Um, we would have never guessed that four weeks ago. But the heads are feeling really nice. Where the application uh, fungicide was put in, it protected it. We we really did what we needed to do to save this crop. What is the yield potential for this crop as you continue to move from southern Kansas and head north? I think we're going to be average this year. I think we're going to see a lot in the 30s to 50s on the wheat crop. We might see some upper 60s in spots, but but I could see 30 to 50 pretty pretty well across the board. I hope higher. I hope I'm hope by shooting it low, and once the combines actually get in the fields, it is higher. But I don't think we're going to see many hundred bushel an acre wheat crops this year. As they look at this wheat crop, they get the field harvested. What are some things that you want them to be thinking about as they look to this fall's planting? Be thinking about what your plan is for this fall and into next year. I mean, there's lots of new wheat varieties that are coming on the market. Very, very good disease package um, showing consistent yield bumps with newer wheats i just would say that everybody needs to be be contemplating what they're going to do this year um and and calculate what does it actually cost you to put it in the grain bin to take it out of the grain bin to get it cleaned um all that stuff you could be doing something else when you just take it to the elevator get the premium for it and then buy new wheat that all you have to do is go pick it up in the fall um, that's just something as we look at return on investments and ROIs um, to farm, farm operations, we got to be looking more and more at that with the, the state we're in in our markets. Are you seeing a change in, in the demand side for this wheat when it comes to protein and quality? Yes, we are. Um, we are seeing a little bit more demand. They want a little bit better quality. Um, and, and that goes back to the certified seed on the purity i mean if you get and the clean out you get a very tight cleaned wheat you're going to have better emergence which leads which leads to better purity better quality better protein in the end and, and management uh it all comes down to management but yes it the trend does seem to be going towards higher quality wheats for the bread markets and the specialty type markets anything else that you'd like to add everybody stay safe 
enjoy this time of year. It is family. Um, and um, happy harvest. My conversation with Brett Grauerholtz with Polanski Seed. I'm Susan Littlefield, the World Radio Network. Well, good afternoon. As we take a look at what's been happening in the grain complex, we're taking the closing grain features with John Payne, a senior marketing analyst with Daniels Ag Marketing in Chicago and publisher of the newsletter This Week in Grain. Interesting day. We had the WASI report. John, how would you think the markets reacted? Pretty well, actually. You know, I thought uh, outside of the wheat markets, things were pretty, uh, pretty bullish, um, just given that we didn't break down like I thought we would have. You know, anytime we get kind of that flash in the mirror where they show us a 3.2 billion bushel number, um, I think the market is probably going to get a little timid. But I think priced in a little bit of negativity ahead of it, and then now we will uh, we'll kind of see how how it trades here with weather in, in favor. We still have one more USDA report to get through. That'll come at the end of the month. So USDA data, you know, it'll be a little bit of a different. We'll get acreage at that point. So right now it's. Things look good, but uh, that can change pretty quickly here if we don't get any rain. No kidding. Are we going to start to see that kind of weather-related type of market trade build in? I, I would hope so. You know, my <laughs> debate is, do I jump in now or do I wait until first notice that? You know, if you went back a few months, I, I, I don't have the specific date on this, but if you bought mid-month, I don't think you've done very well. Meaning you, what, you, the better time to time, if you're timing this right, would be to buy the bushels that are forced on the market at the end of the month. So, um you know, calls for now would be probably the best play, and then looking at maybe buying some futures or being more aggressive once the first hits. You know, it was 20, 2010 and 2012, the market rallied 4th of July. It didn't take off before that. It actually was pretty benign before then. So, you know, we got a lot of, I think, good things to look forward to in the third quarter here. Um, today was not one of them, you know, given that we, we heard from uh, Dr. Fauci yesterday uh, as far as the coronavirus and, um, you know, the, the FOMC chair wasn't too rosy either, but, you know, this economy is dealing with 0% interest rates not right now and, and still, uh, you know, is working through some future stimulus. So I think that's all bullish and inflationary for asset prices like commodities. We just need to get through, you know, kind of the near-term weakness uh, that, that uh, you know, supply is going to provide. Will today's report be forgotten by tomorrow? Yes, absolutely. Except for maybe wheat. If you're going to be bearish, something wheat might be the one. They raised the yield there, raised the yield a little bit, and then they also dropped demand. So uh, I think KC wheat has a real shot to go to four dollars. Uh, I know we're at four forty right now, but that's been the trend the last few years. Is this thing breaks hard into the end of July or the end of June rather? So if you want to own wheat, I'd either wait till then to buy it, or in, in fact maybe get, get play some downside risk here in the near term. All right, sounds good. Thanks so much, John. Thanks a lot, Susan. Joining us, John Payne with Daniels Ag Marketing. You can learn more about them at danielsagmarketing.com. Do remember, trading futures involves risk of loss and may not be suitable for investors. I'm Susan Littlefield, the World Radio Network. And thank you very much, Susan. That'll wrap up today's midday program here on KRVN. Now, if you missed any of the midday interviews or segments, you can hear that on our midday podcast, available at krvn.com or on iTunes. Our midday podcast is sponsored by Deveni Motor. Howdy, folks. This is Rick from Deveni Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, and McCook. When you're ready to buy a new vehicle, expect that our hardworking, experienced staff will treat you just like family. Go to DeveniChryslerJeepDodge.com today. And remember, it's not a deal until it's a Deveni deal.